Hello and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome back to all you regular listeners. Thank you for stopping back by. Welcome to anyone who's found us for the first time. You know, the Lord just keeps putting this podcast all over the place. There was someone from Nepal that downloaded this morning. We've had three new countries in the last uh, few days, and I think... um, God has allowed this to be downloaded in 86 countries across the world and something like a 1,030 cities. And I just give him all the praise and all the glory for that, that he would just put it all over the place. And I'd ask you to continue to pray that he would use it in whatever way he sees fit and that will bring him the most glory. Um, But I love being on this journey with you. I love just sharing with you... uh, what I'm learning as I spend time in His Word each day, and I just truly want to encourage you that you can have a time with Him every day. You can dig deep into the Word. You can understand it, not because of anything that I explain, but because of His Holy Spirit. I just pray that He'll use me to encourage you to spend time with Him and in His Word. Uh, Oh, friends, he gives us, if we get a whole day, he gives us 1,440 minutes, and he deserves um, our attention more than just a one-minute check-your-box thing or just a little five-minute check-your-box thing. Um, And if you don't know what I mean by check-your-box, you know, some of us are list list doers, list checkers, and we think, okay, I'll check my Christian box today, and then I'll continue on with the rest of my day. No, this is this is just our way of life. This is something that we need to be thinking about Him and focusing on Him throughout the day. And some people may say, well, how do I do that? I've got work. I've got family. It's part of your work. It's part of your family. Keep your heart and your mind and uh, everything that you do focused on Him. And uh, oh, it will make such a difference. It won't make your life easier. because we've been told that in this world we will have trouble um, and there will be opposition the more that you spend time with him. But if you are his, if you are a child of God, if you have been saved and his Holy Spirit dwells within you, um, he will help you each step of the way. And so I'm just so excited for us to spend this time together. I've prayed for you this morning. I continue to pray that the Lord will draw you closer to Him and give you more of a desire to know Him and to be intentional about your time with Him and that you won't take it lightly. Um, I'm convinced often and convicted that maybe I have taken... uh, the ability to be able to know his word and read his word and study his word lightly at times. He has graciously given us, many of us, such easy access to his word. And may we not take that for granted because we have uh, brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world who do not have that easy access. And so may we hide this word in our heart. May we know more of him. Um, Please consider sharing this podcast with friends, family, neighbors, strangers, just anyone who you think may also receive a blessing from it. And know, as always, that I love to hear from you. So if you feel so led, please send me a message sometime and let me know what the Lord's doing in your life as you spend more time with Him. You can find my email down in the show notes. It's a word for this day at gmail.com.
Well, our verse for the day for March the 2nd, 2024, comes from the letter of 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. Oh, friends, there is so much here. This is exciting to read about. It's exciting to think about. It's a little overwhelming. Um, But there will be a day when we will all see him. Every knee shall bow. Every knee shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we need to be ready for that. And just the thought that he is going to transform his children to be like him is just more than we can, or it's more than I can wrap my mind around. But I'm excited to think about it, though, for a while this morning. All right. So, you know, if you've been on this journey with me for very long, I think it's wise for us to pause uh, for just a few moments and think about where we are in the scriptures and what book or letter we're in, and who may have written it, and what was going on. This helps us to remember it, helps us to be able to share it, helps us to recall uh, the important parts, and uh, then we will be able to take it in the appropriate context, and that is so important, so important for us to do. But we are in one of John's letters John's letters are in that group of letters in the New Testament called the general letters. You may recall that the New Testament starts with the four Gospels, which tell us about Jesus' earthly ministry. Then it moves into the book of New Testament, early church history, which is the book of Acts. And then we get into Paul's letters. And Paul was an apostle, so those are there's 13 of those. And then we get into the general letters written by men who were not Paul. There's eight of those. And then the last book of the New Testament is Revelation, which is New Testament prophecy. I love to think about that organization, both when we're in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, it helps me uh, not to be overwhelmed and to uh, keep the categories straight in my mind because before um, God put it on my heart to think about things that way, it would seem sometimes overwhelming to me to think, well, where is this book or where is this letter? And and if you can start to think about how those earliest church fathers would have uh, been inspired to put these together, it's a very methodical way. And uh, I'm thankful for that. Our God is not a God of chaos. He is a God of order. And he has ways uh, that are much higher than our ways and thoughts that are much higher than our thoughts. But I do believe that he inspired men to put these together in this certain way so that we could have this and be able to easily go and look where we need to find things. So we are... Um, in this general letter written by the Apostle John. Now, we don't know that it's the Apostle John because he says, I, the Apostle John, wrote this like Paul does. You know, Paul tells us in his letters who wrote them. Peter tells us, James tells us, Jude tells us uh, when they open up their letters. But there are many letters and books that we don't uh, have the direct 
quote from the author, uh, but the earliest church historians and those in the first century who would have received these books and letters uh, verify who wrote these. And then we can tell based on writing style, similar word usage and phrasing and that sort of thing. Uh, also that uh, a certain author, human author penned this. We know that God is the ultimate author uh, of all of this, that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, correction, reproof, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we know that God breathed this out and uh, gave it through the power of his Holy Spirit to uh, these humans to write. John is uh, known as the disciple. He describes himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I don't think that was because he was being arrogant. I think that was because he realized the weight and the depth of as much as he could as a human uh, of what Jesus had done for him. He and his brother James were fishermen, and Jesus called them while they were with their father Zebedee and said, follow me. And so James and John and Peter were all in that very close inner circle of disciples or apostles, I should say. They were disciples first, and then Jesus called them to be apostles um, who walked and talked with the Lord Jesus. It's thought that this John was the youngest of the apostles, and he was also the oldest surviving of all the apostles. He, uh, It's thought that when he wrote these letters and wrote the book of Revelation and even the gospel of John, that uh, he was much older, maybe up in his 80s or 90s. And the Lord had a purpose for letting him live that long on the earth. And he was known as the elder um, he was seen and known as a pillar of the early church. And when you think about he was the one, he was one of the ones that walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He saw his miracles. He saw him on the cross. Even while Jesus was hanging on the cross, he looked to John and, well, he looked to his own mother, Mary, and said, woman, here's your son. And to John and said, here's your mother. And John took a Mary, Jesus' mother, home with him and took care of her, it says. And so Jesus entrusted the care of his earthly mother with this man. Um, and so he had a very uh, definite purpose, just like he does for all of us, for what he would have John to do. I love John's writing style. He uses a lot of metaphors, but he so wants us to know that we can know that we can have eternal life. We can know that we are saved. We can know that we are a child of God. And that is just such a blessing because many of the world religions will say, well, you can only hope to know. You can't know for sure. But God's word says you can know. When we look in First uh, John chapter 5, verse Verse 13, he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. That's why he wrote. And even in his gospel in John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, he tells us uh, why he wrote this gospel and why he was inspired to do this. He says, um, now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in, these in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. He wanted people to know that it's about faith 
And then with faith, with that believing, comes eternal life. That's the good news of the gospel. It's not that we can that we can earn our salvation, but that through faith in Jesus and what he's done for us, we can have that free gift of salvation. It's not by works. And I just love that. And John's going to park on that just a little more here in this letter. He opens up his letter and tells them uh, about his testimony. He kind of, much like Paul does, we talk about how Paul gives his credentials at a lot of the beginnings of his letters, not to be arrogant, but to say, this is why I know. This is how I know. And John is very much does that in this letter of 1 John. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So he was like, I can testify to this because I've seen it. I have touched Jesus. I have uh, spoken with Him. I've seen everything. And so that's why he could write with such authority that he had seen Jesus be crucified and then seen him uh, after his resurrection and seen him ascend back to heaven. I don't know at the time that he wrote this letter of 1 John if God if he had already written Revelation or not. I'm not sure, but God had graciously allowed him to see into the throne room of heaven and see what was going to happen on the last days. And so he knew it was so. And may we not take that uh, lightly when we're reading these words. I just love this. But he goes to tell them uh, in this letter what we have in Christ, that Christ is our advocate and that he uh, is that propitiation. He paid the price. He was that appeasement for our sins and that um, we can be forgiven for our sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us or to to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so it's just such an encouraging letter. And he's reminding the people um, that he's to whom he's writing that um, they know they've heard the truth they, because the truth has been handed to them uh, by John. And, and he reminds them not to love the world or the things of the world because those things are passing away and warns them that there are people that are against Christ, the Antichrist, who are coming into the world. And then just exhorts them to, again, to remember what they've heard from those who were with Jesus. And so I'm going to start there and read forward to our verse for the day so you can hear just the impact and how it fits all together. So if we look in John, um, 1 John 2, 24, reading forward, he says, Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. John reminds them of that over and over again. He says, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. 
but the anointing that you received from him abides in you. That anointing is the Holy Spirit, friends. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and in, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him. We talked about this a few days ago uh, in our verse for the day. So that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back from him in shame and his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And then here's our verse for the day. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Oh, there's so much here. John is reminding them we are children of God. And he had talked about that in his gospel when at the very beginning of his gospel in chapter 1 and verse 12, he says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, there's that faith again, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And also in chapter 3 of John's gospel, and I would encourage you to go back and read that when Nicodemus the Pharisee came to Jesus at night and Jesus talked to him about being born again and and Nicodemus asked how can that happen and Jesus tells him it's by the Spirit it's by God's Holy Spirit that we're born again and we see that here and John says see what kind of love the Father has for us that we could be called children of God and so we are and he says we are God's children now because we believed you can infer that that's how we become his children because we have believed and what we will be has not yet appeared that's talking about how the lord jesus and god the father and the holy spirit are transforming us they're changing us into who they want us to be and making us and molding us that that comes by uh, that sanctification that's a churchy word but that means that we're being set apart we're being made holy and he does that in us. He does that as we spend time in his word, as we spend time in prayer, as we spend time in worship. It's the work of the Holy Spirit and uh, his work in us that does that. And it says, what we will be has not yet appeared. We haven't seen the finished product yet, in other words. But we know that when he appears, so when he comes back and it's time for all of us to be gathered together and that work is done, then we shall be like him. It will be finished. Uh, We will have that new body, that new everything. You know, I love that because we shall see him as he is. We will be able to see him in all his glory what a blessing. I want to leave you with just um, a couple, maybe three or four other verses that you can look up and be encouraged about what it's going to be like and what he is doing in us. And may we just give him thanks and praise that he has allowed us to be his children and that he does love us so that he would want to mold us and make us and change us into what he would want us to be. 
If we hop over to Philippians 3.20, Paul told the believers at Philippi, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. I love that. And then if we look here at... Revelation, right at the end of, of Revelation, in Revelation 22, um, and we see what they, when uh, John was talking about what he saw and how it was going to be at there in the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new earth, he says in 22.1, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river. For the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Friends, he's coming back. Those of us who are his, who have believed and have um, been given the right to be children of God, are going to see him as he is, and we will be like him. We will be changed in an instant, in a twinkling of an eye, in just a moment. I just love that. And so let's be ready. Let's be thankful. Let's thank him for what he has done in allowing us to have that eternal life. And know that you can know. You can know it's all based on faith. So trust him. Put your trust in him. Keep your heart and your mind focused on him. And let's uh, look forward to that day. But while we're here, let us keep doing the work that he's called us to do. We'll keep our eyes forward on him. But in the meantime, keep doing the work he's called us to do. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.